Happy Friday, everybody. It is Friday, January 14th, 2022. This is the Second Half Podcast. I'm Tom Powell, and if you're listening to this, that means you made it through another week and margaritas are in order. Uh, anybody out there got a home margarita machine? Because And don't say, yeah, I'm a blender. An actual margarita machine, because uh, I, I got to be honest with you. Uh, sitting in my Amazon cart right now is a home funnel cake kit, which, damn, we're going to be making some funnel cakes. Um, I looked at, <laughs> I'm not going to buy, I know my wife's listening to this going, what the fuck, man? I looked at a home ice cream maker, it's about 60 bucks. I looked at that, said, man, maybe we can make our own ice cream. I don't know, maybe, what do you think, maybe, eh, wait, fuck it, I definitely want the funnel cake mixer, but, uh, uh, kit, but anybody got a, a margarita machine, because I might actually start drinking if I had, like, a margarita machine on the counter, like I have an air fryer on my counter, round the clock, it might just be like, what's for dinner, uh, tacos and margaritas, cool, uh, what's for dinner tonight, pot roast and margaritas, cool, what's for dinner tonight, uh, chicken fajitas and margaritas. Cool. What's what's for dinner tonight? Uh, beef and broccoli and motherfucking margaritas. What's for dinner tonight? I didn't cook anything tonight. Margaritas are your motherfucking dinner. It might be something to look into. I'm just saying. So anyway, if you're listening to this, as always, that means you made it through another week and margaritas are in order. Now, let me get on with my regular spiel before we get into the meat of the matter here this week. As I do every week for people who have found me for the very first time, this is the very first time you're listening to me, a couple of things you need to know. First and foremost, this is an amateur podcast. It's not done in a professional studio. It's not edited. It's not mixed. It's not cut together. It's me sitting at my home office with a $100 podcast mic hitting record and talking for an hour. That's what it is. You might hear my dogs go nuts if somebody comes to the door to deliver a package. You might hear me light this joint. You might hear me burp. I, I What the fuck? If I'm 38 minutes in and I let out a fart, I'm not going to go back and redo the whole fucking thing. The point is, it's not meant to be a finished, polished product. Hang on. <coughs> Case in point. It is meant to be like two people sitting on the deck shooting the shit. So just roll with it if you hear something. Secondly, hang on. Hmm. I had to uh, wet my whistle, as they say said in the past. Secondly, uh, if you're new to this podcast, if you're new to my anything that I've done, chances are you don't know about my website, so I'm going to pimp myself for one minute. If you have a moment, go to oldhippymedia.com. That's oldhippie, H-I-P-P-I-E, media.com, where you're going to find everything you want to know about me. Links on where you can follow me on the various social media sites. Links to my merch store, over 300 items to purchase. Links on where you're going to be able to buy my first two books. All kinds of stuff on my website. My blog is there. You're going to be able to find anything you want to know about me. Links on where you can uh, subscribe to my bonus podcast episodes. If you like this podcast, at the end of it, head over to my Patreon. I do bonus episodes uh, every other Tuesday where I don't talk politics and I give you more of an... Uh, 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 of a personal look at my past. I tell you a story about my past and cover some of the funnier non-political stories. Anyway, that's oldhippymedia.com. All right, that's enough 
advertising for myself. I don't like to turn these things into advertising fests. So let's get on with the podcast as I do every week during the football season. I give you my NFL picks that are guaranteed to go wrong. And we're definitely not going to stop that as we head into the playoffs. Last week, I, I went 8-8. Eight and eight. I didn't even go back and look at my overall season record because I know it's fucking abysmal. I'll go back and I'll check it out. I'll figure out what it is. But it is fucking abysmal. 8-8 eight and eight to finish the season is just fitting. And if I could, on a personal note, uh, what the fuck? Sorry. My Colts, all they got to do is con- they control their own destiny. Win the fucking game and you get to go to the fucking playoffs. It's your division rivals. They've got three fucking wins. They suck hind ass. All you got to do is beat a fucking three-win team, and you get to go to the fucking playoffs, and you collapse like a wet fucking taco. Shit the fucking bed. I am a diehard Indianapolis Colts fan, ladies and gentlemen. I have the horseshoe tattooed on my body, and I am here to tell you they did not deserve to be in the playoffs. They didn't. Zero fucking heart to wrap up the season. Oh, anyway, all right, moving on. Picks. Here's what I think is going to happen this weekend. I'll take the Bills handling the Patriots in Buffalo. Yeah, I said the Bills handling the Patriots in Buffalo. I don't think that I'm uh, sold on this Patriots team, and I think the Bills got a chip on their shoulder for living in the Patriots' shadow all these years, and I think that the Bills are going to take the Patriots out. I'll take the Bengals at home to end the Raiders' season early. I'm not sold on the Raiders, and I think the Bengals are really firing on all cylinders right now. As a matter of fact, I think the Bengals are going to be a force to be reckoned with for the next decade. They don't fuck up and ruin their players and trade off half the team. I say Brady wipes the Eagles out down in Tampa. Listen, I know that people say that this is not the same Buccaneers team, but it's the Eagles. I'm not saying Brady's going to make it to the Super Bowl, but I don't see him getting bounced in the first round at home against the Eagles. But we'll see. I'll take the Chiefs to end Big Ben's career as a Steeler and maybe his career in the NFL this weekend in Kansas City. I'll take the Niners going into Dallas, making the Niners the only road team to win on the NFL wild card weekend. And I'll take the Rams to handle things at home by eliminating the division rival Cardinals. So to recap, those picks sure to go wrong for wild card weekend are Bengals, Bills, Chiefs, Niners, and Rams. All right, I don't spend a lot of time on the football because not everybody is a football fan. People tend to listen to me because I talk about political and social issues, so that's what we're going to do. We're going to move into the politics and the social, social issues now. And because we got a lot of stuff that's not Trump-related to discuss, we're going to go ahead and start off with some of the Trump-land news that has been floating around over the last week. First and foremost, did you guys see him hang up on the NPR radio interview host? Jesus fucking Christ. Uh, Trump goes on NPR, he's being interviewed, and what's he doing? He's pushing the big lie. Talking about all these other elections, and they're, they're really talking about the election security efforts by Congress, And Trump is saying, well, you're not going to be able to solve any of our uh, election issues until you go back and solve the issue of the rigged presidential election of 2020. Folks, this motherfucker is never going to let this lie go. He is taking this lie to his fucking grave. It's going to be the last thing this motherfucker says. It was rigged. 
So he's pushing the big lie. The NPR host starts to press him a little bit, right? Trump says something along the lines of, well, look, the guy never had anybody show up to any of his rallies, and now you're going to tell me he goes off and gets 81 million votes? Nobody's buying this. Uh, yeah, everybody's buying it because it was a fucking pandemic, you orangutan piece of shit. But anyway, I digress. The interviewer pushes back on him and says, well, maybe it was because it was an election about you and not Biden, and goes to go in for a follow-up question, and Trump kind of responds half-heartedly, hangs up, and goes running for the fucking hills. Now, Trump usually acts out like this when he's getting bad news, when the walls are closing in, whenever he feels like shit's about to go bad. Whenever he would have one of his 56-long tweet chain tirades on Twitter when he was president, it usually coincided with him getting bad news and bad news coming out about him. I think the January 6th committee and the pressure he's getting from the two different state's attorneys are starting to get to him. The ongoing New York investigation is pissing him off because now they have all of his taxes and the banker from Deutsche Bank who was responsible for signing off on all of those loans. So New York has every last financial dirty secret Trump has, as well as his personal lawyer. So he's getting nervous on that front. I believe it. There is no way you're going to convince me otherwise. And now Georgia looks like they might be the, uh, ready to be the first ones to actually indict him for his post-election behavior. Georgia investigators have been investigating his efforts to, quote-unquote, find the number of votes needed to steal the election down in Georgia, and they recently met in person with Trump's legal team. And he began blowing up the next day. Now, why is it that the investigators are meeting with Trump's team? What makes that so significant? What makes that newsworthy? Because it's typical operating procedure for prosecuting attorneys to call in the lawyers or the legal team of subjects of their investigations just prior, prior to trying to secure an indictment through the grand jury. They bring in their legal team so that they can discuss everything they've got. They, they bring it, they'll, they'll just use Trump as an example. They bring his legal team in, they go, all right, listen, we're ready to go seek a, a, a grand jury indictment. What are we missing? Save us the trip. Tell us you got something, some tangible, whatever the fuck you want to call it, evidence that says we're nuts. And it's usually an opportunity for your legal team to spring on them something that they didn't know about. That's why it's important that the legal team in Georgia has already met face-to-face with Trump's legal team. That's usually the last step before the investigators, the prosecutors, go into a grand jury and ask them to return a vote of an indictment. So I think he's getting nervous on the Georgia front. That meeting smells just like that. I think he's pissed. He knows he's criminally liable, and he knows he was too stupid to try and cover up his crimes, and he set him on a phone down in Georgia. I, I think he's pissed because he knows that New York has him dead to rights with decades of financial crimes in New York, and I think he's pissed because he knows that the January 6th committee, which we're going to talk about a little bit later on in this podcast, is uncovering shit that does not make him look good. He's getting pressure on every fucking front, and I think he's acting out. Hence... Him hanging up on an NPR radio interviewer. That's typical Trump right there. So, continue to watch this space. 
I think Georgia's going to be the first to indict him. I think New York's going to indict him, and I think January 6th investigations are going to lead down a road where a lot of his friends are going to have a decision, just like his family is going to have a decision. Go down for him or testify against him. Uh, speaking of friends in Congress, uh, in other Trump news, uh, the Civil War is in full swing within the Republican Party, ladies and gentlemen. Trump has begun the Civil War in earnest. Uh, he was doing a TV interview, and he said that Mitch McConnell was a loser. And he actually made a veiled stab at DeSantis when he said that anyone who dodges the question about getting the booster is a coward, and DeSantis has dodged that question. So Trump goes out there, names Mitch McConnell by name in a midterm year. He's laying down his marker. Now it's being reported that Trump is asking people close to him who are of power, to pick a side. You with McConnell or are you with me? People go, well, what evidence do you have of that? Well, we don't have any evidence of that, but we have uh, one hell of a coincidence. Within the last 48 hours, Lindsey Graham did an interview on TV in which he barked back at Mitch McConnell for not being able to have a working relationship with the party's leader, Donald Trump. It looks like maybe Trump did lay down that marker. Maybe Trump did set out the word, send out the word, it's McConnell or me, and Lindsey Graham has already made his decision, which really makes me question Lindsey Graham, right? Remember what Lindsey Graham said about Trump in 2016? He's a xenophobic, race-baiting bigot. If we elect if we nominate him, it'll be the ruination of our party. And we'll deserve it. Then he goes out and he becomes Graham's number one supporter, biggest lapdog. And now that we're in a post-Trump era, which is what we're in, right? Trump's not going to be in office ever again. And the, the, the Trumpers aren't going to realize that until 2024 when his name isn't on a ballot. We have an election and it's not a Trump that won. That's when it'll start to sink in with some of these fucknuts. Until then, we got to continue to play this game with these morons. Fine, we can continue to play it. But Lindsey Graham knows that Trump is over with. For him to take Trump's side in this over McConnell's side in this tells me Trump has something on on, uh, Lindsey Graham. I have no doubt in my mind Trump has something on Lindsey Graham. And keep in mind, the Russians in 2020, 2016, my apologies, hacked both servers. They didn't just hack the DNC to release all of Hillary's emails. They hacked the RNC too. They never denied such an accusation and the RNC came out and said so. Yet not one dirty email came out about a single Republican. Interesting. The Republicans are 100% squeaky clean? Yeah, that dog don't hunt. So I think the Russians gave Trump all of the dirty secrets he needed to keep his party in line so he can hold on to power so that they can hold on to him. And I think he's got something on Lindsey Graham. And I wouldn't put it past Trump as he's going down in flames to start throwing out everybody's dirty secrets. This man doesn't have an ounce of fucking loyalty, and it's not, he's not going to remain loyal to a Lindsey Graham, that's for sure. <clears throat> now, I want to move on to some things that the January 6th committee have been unearthing in their investigation. 
One of the things that the January 6th committee has discovered are forged documents from state-level Republicans in Michigan and Arizona, in which these state-level Republicans forged official election documents to say that Trump won those states and not Biden. They placed the state fucking seal on them and submitted them to Congress to be counted. Joe Biden won both Michigan and Arizona, but the Republicans in those states said, we don't care. The American experiment to us is no longer valid. We're going to go ahead and put the person in we want in. They, uh, the Republicans in this country have now made a public stance of being pro-dictatorship. And the Republicans in Michigan and Arizona went so far as to forge official election documents and fraudulently put each state's official seal on it and submit those fraudulent documents to Congress to be counted. There needs to be punishment, retribution, accountability for such actions. That was just recently discovered this week, so we got to... We got to wait a hot minute to see what's going to develop as a result of uncovering this kind of information. Speaking of January 6th and, and the January 6th committee, members of Trumplandia are refusing to cooperate with the committee, including Congressman Jim Jordan. So think about this for a minute. Jim Jordan is a sitting member of the House of Representatives. The House of Representatives has subpoena power to subpoena American citizens that they think they need to talk to in order to get to the bottom of what they believe to be a crime. Jim Jordan has now publicly stated that he is above the subpoena power of the body he represents. If the Republicans were to regain power, were to take the House back, how could any subpoena he ever puts forth from any committee ever be taken seriously. He's laid the marker. He's set the precedence. He has said, no, even though I'm an American citizen, even though I am a member of this body, I do not recognize this body's power. He should be at a minimum censured and if possible, expelled from the House as soon as humanly possible. In fact, all of these Trumpers who are denying subpoenas should be brought up on criminal charges. Remember when Trump said only criminals plead the fifth? If you've got nothing to hide, you go in and testify. You don't, you don't refuse to answer questions. And then he did it. And now all of his friends are doing it. Funny how that shit works, huh? Got nothing to hide. Go answer the questions. If you have something to hide, that's why the questions are being asked. (sighs) There was a period of time during the Obama administration when Eric Holder refused to comply with subpoenas from Congress. I think Eric Holder should have been held in criminal contempt. 
before anybody listens to this and goes, oh, you're just pissed because Republicans did it. What about when Democrats did it? They should be charged as such. Accordingly. Charge them accordingly. Bring them up on criminal charges if you can. I'm all in favor of it. The average everyday citizen does not get to not comply with a congressional fucking subpoena. What happens if I got subpoenaed tomorrow by Congress, by the House? And I said, you know, fuck you, I'm not going. Who the fuck do you think you are? I'm a retired landscaper, man. I live in the suburbs of the city of Chicago, motherfucker. Hey, cousin, go fuck yourself with your fuck. I got your fucking subpoena right fucking here, baby. If I said that to Congress, if Congress subpoenaed me for any fucking reason whatsoever, and my response was a video of me holding my fucking dick and balls telling them, hey, I got your fucking subpoena right fucking here. What do you think fucking happens to me? That's right. Somebody comes and gets my ass, and I have criminal liability. Why is Jim Jordan still holding a seat in the House of Representatives? Why haven't any of Trump's inner circle who have defied these subpoenas been grabbed yet? I understand it's a process, but what the fuck Every single person of authority or power in our government that refuses to comply with our government's requests should get the same treatment as any other fucking citizen in this country should get when they refuse. Jim Jordan should be treated right now as I would be treated as if I did what Jim Jordan did. If I told the, 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 the January 6th committee, go fucking pound sand. Go fuck yourself. I'm not coming in. I don't have to. Your subpoenas don't apply to me. Excuse me. Damn. See what I'm talking about? Unedited. I hit record and then I blabber for an hour or whatever. However long. 45 minutes. Who the fuck knows how long this one's going to be? They range. Anyway. Speaking of January 6th, this doesn't have anything to do with the committee per se, necessarily. But it has to do with January 6th as a whole. Uh, 11 people, including the leaders, uh, the leader, my apology, uh, of the Oath Keepers have been charged with seditious conspiracy for planning and carrying out the January 6th attack. Let me repeat that as it bears repeating. 11 people including the leader of the Oath Keepers, have been charged with seditious conspiracy in connection to the January 6th attacks. So, for everybody, first and foremost, that said it was BLM and Antifa that attacked the Capitol building, first of all, as we keep reminding you, Antifa isn't a thing, and second of all, none of these people who have been charged are BLM members or anybody that would sympathize with anything Antifa has to say, so your argument is now liquefied dog shit. Second, to the zero conspiracy people, 
No, this was all spur of the moment. There was no planning. Nobody went there with the intention on doing anything, despite seeing video of people in fucking matching tactical outfits and military-grade zip-tie handcuffs. Yeah, nobody went there with the intention of doing anything. Now we have 11 charged with conspiring to plan and carry out this thing. Your argument is now liquefied dog shit. And to everybody who likes to run around and go, well, if it was an insurrection, how come nobody's been charged as such? How come there have been, not been any charges like that? These people are getting charged with, like, trespassing and stuff. Fucking libtard. Here's 11 people charged with seditious conspiracy for planning and carrying out the January 6th attacks. Your argument is now liquefied dog shit. Your people did this. And when I say your people, Trump supporters. Now, if you're no longer a Trump supporter post-January 6th, you just happen to be one before January 6th, but January 6th turned you off of Trump, then I'm not talking about you. But if you're still a Trump supporter post-Jan 6th, you're who I'm talking about. Your people did this. Supporters of the president did this. People who have white supremacy tendencies did this. You built this. The enemy, once again, is not some foreign country. The enemy is already here. And it is every right-wing, conspiracy-driven militia group that supports President Trump. Those are the people who were climbing the walls at the Capitol on January 6th. Those are the people that were breaking the windows at the Capitol on January 6th. Those are the people that were hitting cops with flagpoles and spraying them with bear mace on January 6th. Those are the people that were illegally in congressional offices and took congressional property on January 6th. Those are the people that smeared shit on the walls of the fucking Capitol building on January 6th. Trump-supporting, right-wing, white supremacist pieces of shit like these 11 cocksuckers that have just been charged with seditious conspiracy. So to all of you people that think it was BLM, Antifa, there was zero conspiracy, or there was nobody charged with any kind of crime like this, so we all need to quit talking about it, have a motherfucking seat. Our nation was attacked on January 6th, 2021. And it was attacked by an enemy of the nation. Trump supporters. Trump and his supporters are enemies of the United States of America. Period. There is no fucking sugarcoating that. There is no fucking tap dancing around that. If you are listening to this and you are still a Trump supporter, you are an enemy of the United States of America. If you were a Trump supporter and you saw the light on January 6th, once again, this doesn't fucking apply to you. I am tired of playing nice with domestic fucking terrorists. Thankfully, you fucks have already ruined your element of surprise and now they're waiting for you. Now you are merely a threat at the ballot box not at the end of a gun. All right. We're going to move on from January 6th. We're going to move on from the election. We're going to move on from Trumplandia. And we're going to talk a little bit about COVID. 
Now, I have a non-political COVID story to start with in the COVID block of the podcast. Uh, And that's a story that comes to us out of China. A woman in China went on a blind date and got trapped at her blind date's house after an impromptu COVID lockdown. So check this out. It's a 30-year-old woman in China, identified only by her surname, Wang, went to meet her blind date for a home-cooked dinner on January 6th in her hometown of, and I am going to butcher this, Zhengzhou, the city in central China. She said, quote, I'm getting old now. My family introduced me to 10 different matches. The fifth date wanted to show off his cooking skills and invited me over to his house for dinner. Pause. Maybe things happen differently in China. Maybe she's just so desperate at this point in time that she'll go on any kind of date. Or maybe I'm just reading into things with a, with a weird fucked up mind. But that's a red flag here in the States, boys and girls. You don't go on a first date to somebody's house at his house for a home-cooked meal. It is Red Flag City, ladies and gentlemen. Eh, eh, eh. Fuck no. You go into those scenarios, typically you wind up being somebody's bowel movement. But she went. She had dinner. And just as Wang was about to go home after the meal, she found out that the whole neighborhood had gone into a swift lockdown. Now, China regularly seals off communities after COVID infections are detected among residents. These sudden lockdowns, along with mass testing and extensive quarantine, are part of the country's stringent zero-COVID strategy to quickly stamp out local outbreaks. Unable to leave, she was stuck at her date's house for days. She posted videos of her unexpected co-living experience on social media, showing her date cooking meals for her, sweeping the floor, and working on his laptop. The videos quickly went viral, with Wang's encounter becoming a top-trending topic on Weibo, China's Twitter-like platform, spelled W-E-I-B-O. Quote, During quarantine, I feel that apart from him being reticent like a wooden mannequin, Everything else about him is pretty good. He cooks, cleans the house, and works. Although his cooking isn't very good, he's still willing to spend time in the kitchen, Kitchen, and I think that's great, she told a local newspaper. Wang said in a post Monday that she had hidden her original video from her account after it went viral. Quote, right now, I'm still at the man's house. He's an inarticulate but honest person, and he doesn't talk much. And after my video became trending, some of my friends, or some of his friends, started calling him, and I think it affected his life, so I removed it. Can you fucking imagine? Can you fucking imagine? You go on a fucking blind date to somebody's house for a home-cooked meal, and then, you're boom, you're trapped there for days because of a swift COVID lockdown. Now, it's bad enough that she doesn't sound like she's necessarily into this guy. I mean, yeah, he cooks, but it's not very good cooking, and I mean, he's just a nice guy. 
He's, you know, he's okay. It's like, it's like, he's not a fucking weirdo, but not somebody I want to be interested in. So right off the bat, it's already fucking weird, right? Two strangers trapped together. Weird as fuck. Now I know I'm perpetually 15 years old, and you know where I'm going with this. But could you imagine if they fucked? Think about that for a minute. Think about he, she gets set up with him. He's like, hey, listen, I, I cook my ass off over here. I got the fucking walk going. Come on down. I'm going to cook you a fucking meal, right? Sorry, I went total Chicago accent on you there. She goes over. They have a nice little meal, a little bit of chit-chat. Next thing you know, things get frisky. Imagine how awkward it would be, right? Just if they fucked, it would be awkward, right? Like, oh, okay, now I'm stuck in a house with... Uh, wait, wait. Oh, you just fuck on the first day. Well, motherfucker, you fucked me on the first day, right? And then you get that awkward, like, oh, you a hoe, oh, you a player. That kind of act, atmosphere going. Sounds like one of my dogs is barking. Anyway, you got that whole scenario going on. But imagine if they had fucked and it got freaky, right? I mean, just think about it for a minute. He makes her a home-cooked meal. They're in the apartment. She's feeling it. She's like, oh, yeah, this is happening. Next thing you know, fucking plates are being strewn all over the place. She's on the fucking table. They're going to fucking town. They're on the fucking balcony, in the kitchen, the bathroom. You know, real fucking... I'm not talking about, oh my God, you're so handsome and and this is a magical night. I feel like making love to you. I'm I'm talking about animalistic... Fucking animal noises and furniture being broken and just vile, disgusting shit. And then all of a sudden, you kind of look him in the face for the next several days because you're quarantined with him. Ooh, that's got to be weird. But it just appears as if it was just a really awkward and really extended first date. Uh, But I'm betting... Wang isn't going to go on any more first dates to somebody's house. I'm betting that shit's over for the foreseeable future. It's going to be public places from now on. Oh, you want dinner? Fine, motherfucker. Pick a restaurant. I'm not playing that shit again. I couldn't even imagine. Couldn't even fucking imagine a swift lockdown trapping you at a blind date's house. Good God. But, you know something? You're going to have a story to tell for the rest of your life, I guess. So, write a book. Everybody's got one book in them. Write yours. All right. In other COVID news, you guys heard of Christopher Key? Christopher Key is a prominent anti-vax voice who travels the country spreading anti-vax misinformation. And he is currently traveling the nation to promote urine therapy as the best way to combat COVID. Yeah, that's what you think it is. That is drinking urine. He says that God already gave us everything we need to combat COVID. Therefore, we don't need the vaccine. Just a bucket of piss. And I'm not going to spend too much time on this idiotic story. I made a uh, TikTok video about it, but um, if you happen to be 
one of these anti-vaxxers that listen to this guy and you come across this podcast, please understand that when I say what I'm about to say, say I mean it 100% sincerely. I am not over-exaggerating. I am not joking. We should sh- seriously think about uh, chemically castrating all of you. Because there's no way that we can survive long-term with your kind of mutations contaminating the human gene pool. If you're willing to forego medical professional advice in pursuit of anti-vax conspiracy loons telling you to drink your own piss, you serve society zero purpose. You're, You're taking up space here. What the fuck is wrong with these people? <sighs> Drinking piss. Drinking piss. Pee. Urine. Pee-pee. Listen, I get that there are some people out there that like to be pissed on... From a sexual standpoint, not my thing. Do what you want to do. Don't fucking ingest your own urine. Holy fucking balls. Are you kidding me? We have had to tell you motherfuckers not to take fish tank cleaner. Not to inject disinfectant. Not to take livestock dewormer. And now we have to tell you not to drink your own piss? Jesus fucking Christ. What the fuck? How do we start 2022 with waking up the day after we lost Betty White... Learning a few days later that we've lost Bob Saget, Sidney Poitier. And now there's a contingent of the American populace that says no to medical science in favor of drinking their own piss. Well, Becky down at the bowling alley told me to watch this video from so-and-so organization with so-and-so ties. And by God, I turned it on. And don't you know, they said if you drink your own piss, that the healing power of the Lord will go right through your veins and kill all of the COVID cells. The fuck is wrong with you people? Ladies and gentlemen, if you give me just one moment... I need to light this joint. Oh, my God. I, I, I don't even know how to respond to this shit anymore. I, 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 there are literally... Now, it, I shouldn't be surprised about this, considering that there's like 7% of the American population that actually believes that brown cows are where chocolate milk comes from. 
It's a true stat. Look that shit up. So I shouldn't be surprised that there is a contingent of people in this country that would be willing to drink their own piss as a medical cure. There are people in this country that buy bath water from Instagram influencers or farts in a jar from some model. So I shouldn't be surprised that there are people drinking their own their own piss for medical uh, cures to, to various viruses. But I, I gotta, I'm fucking I'm I'm stunned. I'm fucking stunned. Urine therapy. Hey, guys, uh, I'd like to donate to the cause. Where can I send mine? You guys will like mine. It's real salty and it's got a tinge of weed to it. Where can I send it to? And, and listen, I'm on a fucking water pill, okay? I'm, I'm 49, steamrolling towards 50. I'm taking all kinds of medication. One of them's a fucking water pill. I piss like a fucking racehorse on the daily. Let's set this up like one of those fucking commercials where they put a kid from Africa on the screen. This is who you could sponsor. Show me the patriot that I could sponsor in America by sending him gallons of my own piss. I'll sign up tomorrow. Would you please help save an anti-vaxxer? They can't generate enough piss to cure themselves of the evil Wuhan Rona. We need you to donate as much piss as possible to help us save an anti-vaxxer. I am there with you. I may not send 78 cents to every commercial I see of a starving kid on my TV, but by God, I will send you my piss. I have multiple litter boxes in my house, and I get 40-pound buckets of litter delivered to my house. And when I empty them, I got these lovely giant buckets that are capable of holding 40 pounds of litter apiece. I will fill them up and deliver them to wherever you need them. Who needs more of that all-healing human piss? Let me know. I really need a partner these podcasts that I can play off of somebody because holy shit (sighs) human fucking piss alright let me move on because I I don't Jesus fucking Christ I don't even know what to do. I don't even know what to say. It's like not even believable. <clears throat> not believable, yet totally believable, all at the same time. Amazing. Moving on. Staying within the world of COVID, but moving on, let's talk about the vaccine and more specifically the vaccine mandate. The Supreme Court has uh, uh, basically temporarily blocked uh, the mandate from uh, applying to private industry. So it's they they left it in place for healthcare workers and anybody receiving federal funding. I don't have a problem with that. They've temporarily blocked it for private businesses while it plays itself out in the lower courts. Um, So it's technically not completely dead. But it certainly looks like that's the way it's going to end up. 
which I'm not going to shed a tear over because I was against the mandate to begin with. But when it eventually dies, and more importantly, right now, while it is being on uh, being placed on hold, if your employer continues to demand that you get the vaccination as a term of employment, they are doing so at their own behest. Now, if there's something state level that I'm unaware of, then there's something state level that I'm unaware of. But from a federal standpoint, uh, that mandate is not in effect right now. So if your employer is making you go tomorrow to get a vaccine in order for you to keep your job, that is not Joe Biden's fault. Well, he put it in their heads. Fuck off, he did. There were companies already mandating the vaccine before Joe Biden's mandate came out, and they've been mandating it during during the entire time that it has been placed on hold. They could easily stop making you get a vaccine in order to wait to see how these court cases play out, but they want you vaccinated. They're using the federal mandate as cover and a crutch, which is why I want it to go away, because these companies are still going to demand that the vaccinations happen, even in the absence of the mandate, and it's going to show you that these companies, your boss wants you mandated, not just Joe Biden. So I applaud the Supreme Court for placing a temporary hold on that. I hope that when it gets to their uh, their uh, desk uh, for them to actually rule on officially that they strike it down. But they have temporarily put a pause on the mandate, which means right now employers do not have to force you to get mandated per federal guidelines. And that brings us to the last subject of the day, which is the vaccine itself. I am not in favor of a governmental mandate for private industry. I am in favor of private industry saying, yeah, you know what, I want my workforce protected and I want my customers protected and I don't get either one of them if we've got a a virus tearing ass through our community, so I want you vaccinated as well. And yes, the vaccine still spreads and that's what I want to talk about, right? People then hear that and they go, but you can still get it and you can still spread it. So why the fuck should we get the vaccine if we can still get it, we can still spread it? God damn it. Well, because it mitigates the effects of the virus on your body and you don't wind up being hospitalized in massive numbers, clogging up our system, making sure that we don't have a bed if an actual emergency arises. That's number one. Number two, it's within an unvaccinated society that mutations continue to form, that new variants continue to pop up. I don't want you to be forced to get a vaccine. And if you don't want to get a vaccine, then don't get the vaccine. But don't use bullshit arguments. Because either you're using a bullshit argument on purpose or you truly do not fucking understand what you're talking about. The vaccine, originally, you were told that it was going to prevent you from getting COVID. And then they learned more about the vaccines and they altered that too. It's not going to prevent you from getting it, but it's going to protect you when you get it. In other words, you are much less likely to end up in the hospital, much, much, much less likely to end up on a ventilator, and much, much, much less likely to die as a result. It protects you. It's basically like a seatbelt. A seatbelt does not prevent you from getting into a car accident, but it protects you if you get into one. 
most of the time. Are there going to be instances in which a seatbelt doesn't protect you? Of course. Are there going to be instances in which you have a breakthrough case that kills you or hospitalizes you, causes you to be on a ventilator? Of course. Are those numbers going to be drastically lower if the populace is vaccinated? Yes! And that's the fucking point. When you say stupid shit like, well, you can still get it and transmit it, even with the vaccine, we know. It's the protection aspect we are discussing. You can still get and transmit the flu, even with the flu vaccine. This all-or-nothing approach from anti-vaxxers is mind-blowing. It doesn't protect me 100%, so therefore I'm not going to use it. Name something that does. Condoms are not 100% effective. Seatbelts are not 100% effective. Bulletproof vests are not 100% effective. Motorcycle helmets are not 100% effective. Leather gloves are not 100% effective. Safety glasses are not 100% effective. There are a million things that are not 100% effective. Cups are not 100% effective. Shin guards are not 100% effective. The virus is not there to prevent you from getting COVID. It's there to protect your body if you get COVID. It's there to say, okay, you got COVID, but you're only going to feel like shit for a few days. You're not going to be in a hospital on a machine that's doing your breathing for you while we all wait for you to fucking die. But Tom, the survivability rate is through the ch- off the charts. It's through the roof. Why do we need to protect ourselves from something with such a high survivability rate because while it does have a high survivability rate it is still taking out hundreds of thousands of Americans almost 700,000 of our fellow Americans have died almost 5 million of our fellow humans have died worldwide (coughs) It, it fucking matters man So you got to stop using idiotic arguments like you can still get it and you can still pass it. That's a given. We already know that. You're discounting the effects that it has on your body. Now, here's where somebody might be listening to this podcast and they're going to come back and go find my social media and leave the following comment. Comment. Hang on. We don't know what the long-term side effects are of the vaccine. Or the vaccine's killing people. The vaccine is not killing people the way people think it is killing people. There are nine attributed deaths that the CDC recognizes. Is that a wholly accurate number? No, probably not. Is it off by tens of thousands or even millions of people? No, it's not. And you fucking know it's not. You fucking know it's not. But because we've got the new era of politics... In this country, and unfortunately, that's what it is. It's the new type of politicking that has crept into the COVID debate, right? It is the politics that says you you have to make 
the other person out to be a bad guy. You have to discredit them early on in the game so that when they need you to trust them, they're already discredited, right? Uh, it was a rigged election. Well, that started a year before the election ever happened in 2016. He was talking about a rigged election, right? Uh, th- this is a witch hunt. It's, it's, it's not a witch hunt, right? It's an actual le- legal, justifiable, uh, justified investigation. And now FBI, right? The FBI doesn't know what they're doing. They're, it's a witch hunt. The FBI is, is, is looking to take out political opponents. They're trying to demonize the FBI. Same thing with the scientists, right? Look, these are the people that don't know what they're talking about. Their science has changed. Yeah, motherfucker, because science changes. If science didn't change, people would be fucking freaked out. You nailed it on the first time? That never happens. So they discredit the scientists. They discredit the doctors. They go after people like Dr. Fauci. They ask him for his financial records when they're already public knowledge. They accuse him, like Rand Paul did, of murdering millions of people. Fucking insane. And that spills over into things like the vaccine conversation. That spills over in the form, it manifests itself in the form of these conversations where you see people saying the vaccine is killing people in mass. I'm not going to get it because I don't know the long-term side effects. Or I'm not going to get it because it doesn't prevent me from getting it. They lied to me. They're all liars. I'm not sitting here telling you you should believe your doctor's lock, stock, and barrel. But Jesus fucking Christ, man. We've gone from not questioning anything our doctors tell us to do when we're sitting in that room with them and they tell us, here's this pill you're going to take and here's this test you're going to take and here's what you need to do. Not questioning any of that. Historically speaking, Americans just react they don't talk about things. They just do what they're told when it comes to the doctor. We've gone from not questioning anything to everything's a fucking lie. If you don't want to get the vaccine, you don't have to get the vaccine. But if you don't want to get the vaccine because you believe in propaganda, then you are choosing to put yourself in harm's way over lies. <clears throat> I'm not telling you to listen to me. I'm telling you to listen to your doctor. Go talk to your doctors. Go talk to your kid's doctor. Go talk to your doctor. Talk to your general practitioner, your cardiologist, your pulmonologist, your urologist, whatever ist it is that you need to talk to that's part of your medical team. Talk to them about it. And if they recommend you get the vaccine, get the fucking vaccine, man. Help us get our arms around this thing. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be completely selfish here. I am fucking booked for October. Ten days. Ocho Rios, Jamaica. Sandals Ochi, Romeo and Juliet suite. I'm booked. 
put two of these off now. I'm going to Jamaica. No matter what happens, I will never be able to convince my wife, no matter how bad it is, to push it back again, nor do I think I would even try. We've pushed these back twice. We're going in October. Please help us get our arms around this shit so that we're not all worried shitless the entire fucking time. Let's stop clogging up the hospitals. Let's stop filling up the morgues. Let's stop having people with long-term effects that are going to be with them for fucking years from COVID. Let's get vaccinated, please. And if you're vaccinated and you haven't had your booster yet, get your fucking booster. If you qualify for your booster, if it's been five months, get your fucking booster scheduled. I I just don't get people anymore. I I truly don't. But here we are, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Monday is MLK Day. Uh, for everybody whose kids are going to be home from school, sorry, my son will be home. I'll be taking my middle child back to her campus on Monday. Uh, to all of you who have an extended weekend as a result of MLK Day, enjoy your extended weekend. Um, we'll be back next Friday, the 21st, with a new episode. Uh, I'm still trying to work on getting guests on this podcast. I do want to get some guests on this podcast. I will put more of an effort into that in the coming weeks I promise you I was laying low because of my hip I honestly thought I was going to need to have hip surgery that has turned out to be not the case and the holidays were there I kind of just put everything on hold I have a list of TikTok creators that I want to have on as guests uh, from time to time to discuss not just politics not maybe not even necessarily politics but other things that they're interested in and things that about them that I'm interested in. So I, I will put in a concerted effort to work on that. I'm thinking about maybe inviting some, some of these creators to do joint TikTok lives. Scheduled TikTok lives. I'll be live with so-and-so to discuss X, Y, and Z. Let me know your thoughts on that. Sorry today's episode was late. I didn't record it yesterday as I normally do. I'm just now wrapping up at 11.51 a.m. on Friday. So I will get this uploaded as soon as humanly possible. Thank you very much for listening this week. That is all I have for you this week. Tune in next week for all a whole new episode. And as always, until then, stay grateful.